So this week on Three Sides of the Coin, we Not have... Not breathy enough. Breathy. More breathy. Hold on. <laughs> on this week... I just have one question. If I was looking for a book on dinosaurs, what area would I look in? <laughs> <laughs> or hummingbirds. <laughs> All right, let's try that again. <laughs> Is this how you seduce Brian? Of the coin. First of all, I am on the show too now. Not all four of us plus a guest. I think this is like one of the first times this has ever happened. Anyway, um, this week uh, we have uh, Del Torborg on, who is a wonderful guy, a fantastic person, outstanding wrestler, baseball player. I mean, he's just all around perfect. Well, I think so. He's not a goalie. So, he's, pretty, he's pretty close to. And he has some amazing stories, stories that I didn't even know. Um, so stick around. It's going to be a good show. And I'm on it. So there you go. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. we got four co-hosts today, like the four horsemen. It's a prelude to what's Crazy. coming. This is the first time. You know, this is the first time this has ever happened. Where'd Tommy go? I just lost him. I'm here. Eh, lost your video. Doesn't matter. Because I'm bailing out. All that matters is we got Lisa on video. That is what matters. And she's not a brunette. She's not a brunette, and she doesn't weigh 150 pounds. We got asked that in a YouTube question. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. Um, Tommy, do you have some comments you want to read? You mentioned you did. Yeah, I do. And um, then I want to ask Mark, because he said that we're supposed to put a quarter in him. Um, Are you going to look at the camera? Side of we're, looking yeah. at, we're looking at your side of your head. How's this? Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. much better. Okay. I can't see what's going on. So, um, yeah, there's a couple of them. This is from this week's show with uh, Brian Stewart from Phantasm Media. We're talking about his, the magazines and all the projects he's working on. And apparently um, there's been some people who like it and some people who don't. Um, one person said, Michael um, Castellos, Castell Castellos, said, like it or not, you guys are celebrity celebrities, maybe not household names, but loved by thousands of KISS fans. More power to you. Yet another excellent episode. Keep up the great work. Um, thanks, Michael. It's very nice of you, but I still don't necessarily buy into that. This is just something that we do Lisa's, every week. For Lisa's all a bit of a celebrity. She deserves that title. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Lisa's, Lisa is. I mean, she was recently, what, were you on the cover of your company's magazine or something? I was featured in a blog like employee of the week or employee of the month or something and I feel really bad because I forgot to mention three sides of the coin that's okay but congratulations and yet you're still I, had no here. Idea. I didn't know that was going on yeah it was a very cool thank you 
That's great. Congratulations. That's awesome. She also Thank didn't you. mention the hummingbird, but hey, what you know. I forgot. I'll, I felt really bad because I could have said that I did a podcast and I, I did not, and I felt really bad. You could have talked about the hummingbird. Yes, I could have talked about She's married to Chris Holmes, too. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Uh, The other one, too, is I want to read this. I want to read this comment because I think that it's something that you guys can all say something about. And I want to uh, address it. So Nick Scarpelli wrote, Tommy is such class. First, he says how we all need to be nice because of what's going on in the world. Take your own advice. Then he says Paul did not have to mention haters prior to his video clip performance, but he and Mike do that almost every episode, insult people who talk negative about their opinions, then bashes Peter on his latest album. Twice as shitty, really. I'm sure Peter put his heart and soul into that album. Why not just say it wasn't your... um, Hold on, I've got to read more here. Uh, It wasn't for you instead of sounding like a little brat. We all saw... Saw it with Vinny and Ace. Once Peter invites him backstage and gives him free albums, then he will change his tune. Guys, practice what you preach. Oh, poor boy. I just think, Nick, I think you're missing the whole point. Number one, I do believe. Yeah, he's completely missing so much humor in the show. But the reality is... What what does he want? Should we change this show to be exactly what he wants it to be? Is and and if that's the case, then just start your own show and you can do exactly what you love and you don't have to listen to us. We're doing the show well, it, we love. And I um I've met a lot of Kiss fans who like Carnival of Souls. I've met a lot of Kiss fans who don't like Carnival of Souls. But I have never met one single Kiss fan that likes Peter's last record. Not one. So there's literally no other way to say it than if he puts another solo record out that sounds like the last one, it's probably going to be twice as shitty as the first one. There's just no other way to say it. So I'm sorry if you're offended by that and that you're a big Peter Chris fan who thinks that everything that he releases is wonderful and that's more power to you than you're the one guy that bought the record and actually liked it. That's my two cents. And then the other piece of it too is um, Vinny. I still don't like Vinny. I just thought he was a nice guy and he was nice to us at the, at the expo, but his music is still horrible. Yeah. None of that's changed. Tommy and I, I have stuck to that songwriter. from day one. Yeah. And I've been a fan of Ace since we were kids. So I don't, you know, it's it's another person who just wants to believe they know what we say and, and what we think without actually listening to the content and the context in which the show is presented. So I'm sorry if you're offended, but I can't do any better than that. And there you go. Yeah. Mark, did you have something that you wanted to say? You're muted. He's, you're muted. Mark, Mark can't hear you. Oh, there we go. No wonder why. You know, here I'm. Uh, now everybody's well, you know, tuning out. I had a sneeze here earlier, so I, uh, I muted it. So whatever. I heard your thing, Tom. You know what? I, I, I just want to say, you know, kind of piggyback on what you just said. Um, you know, with over the last week or so, because you know everybody's cooped up at home, I thought I would, um, share some 
again, I have a, a vast, crazy, insane photo archive. And I'm not a photo guy. You know, I never followed the photographers or any of that stuff. And um, I just hope you guys are enjoying them. I, uh, you know, um, and that's all I'm going to say. I, I, no need to, uh, to, to go into silliness. So I take in the high. You know, it's, it's, just not higher. it's just, it's just common sense. You know, I, yeah. it, it just, you know, whatever you guys look, we're here for you. Um, I like the fact, uh, that each one of us, uh, I'm looking at Mike and Tommy, Lisa, someone's got to pick up their game. Um, Mike and Tommy and I have been posting some additional stuff on, on, uh, on the site for you guys. And it's really, you know, over going over really well. So that's, that's it, you know? Um, so I have to step out my game, Mark. You do, honey, you do. Let's face okay. it. Look, look, let's be honest. Listen, everyone loves you. You are by far, if they did a poll, the four of us, who is the most loved three sides member? You, you would, you would win by so far. It's not even fucking funny. Yep. So that yeah. maybe is why you're like, you know what? I'm not doing anything. Everyone loves me. So yeah, that's I, exactly my mindset. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing you thought of is like, oh yeah. I'm just fucking with you, and you know. And I'll, but anyways, all kidding aside, you know, Mike, Tommy, and I've been posting some additional stuff. Just, I don't know. Just it's it's nice having this forum, and it's nice sharing stuff with other fans, and you know, to get uh, fifteen, twenty people chiming back in that's what it's all about you know yeah we're here, to, we're here because we're a big kiss family and we have a lot on and i like sharing that stuff with you guys too and um you know the the folks um who uh who who, who dig it dig it so you know we'll, we'll keep it coming so well and, and step up my game <laughs> yeah you need to uh but to piece back on <laughs> Over here, like, yeah. People are gonna. Tommy, we're, we're, jab. People, people are gonna be. Like a tag team. People are now gonna be emailing us, going, "Mark, one minute you say you love Lisa, and the next minute you're telling her to step up her game. Stick to your word." Well, yeah. Lisa knows. Look, Lisa knows I love her. I don't have to tell her; she knows. Well, yeah, and look, I don't mind. I don't mind the negative. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't mind the negative comments. I just want to talk about it. Oh, look at that. Yeah. You know, but to piggyback on the photo piece, though, just so you guys know, again, I've had a lot of people reach out. I don't sell photos. Okay, I'm doing it for the love of doing it, and I want to share it with you guys. It's wonderful content for us. So please just enjoy it. But I don't sell. Uh, Tommy, the other thing are made. they are Tommy. Some oh well, thank you guys. And like I said, I'm doing it for no reason. Other reason than like all of us do stuff that we share. We're sharing it because of the love of the band and the music. And we want to share things with you. I I'm not the type of person that wants to just keep it all to myself. What's the point of taking the pictures if someone doesn't see it? I just don't sell them. So just please enjoy them in the format in which they're in and, 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 you know, it is what it is. Um, and then also, too, uh, I've been getting a lot of messages as of late where people are sending me um, 
attachments, videos, and different things like that. Guys, if you don't explain why you're sending something to me, I won't open it. You know, so if it's if we don't have like a regular conversation all the time, and then you just send me something out of the blue, I'm not going to click on the attachment. And it doesn't matter if it's someone that's listening on three sides or if it's you know, my sister, my sister never sends me anything. And then out of the blue, she sends me something. I always will say, Hey, did you send this? So please guys, if you want to send and share, great, but give me some context with why you're sending it. Yes. Um, before we move into our guest, I want to just do a quick shout out and thank you to Eddie Trunk who earlier this week on his SiriusXM show yeah. um, made a little mention of three sides and Mark. He, it was, it was in the up, it was in the episode where he was talking about the fake Ozzy Osbourne autographs on Ozzy's new album. Ooh, I um, would have been mad about that. <laughs> and uh, he just mentioned that uh, he was listening to three sides of the coin, a kiss podcast that he likes. And he's like one of the guys, I think it was Mark was talking about his problems with ordering Ozzy's new album. So thank you, Eddie. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got to reach out to Eddie because we had so much fun over at that uh, exit 111 festival. I owe him an email. So I'll, I'll have to reach out to him this week and thank him. Um, so this week, special guest, very cool, amazing stories behind the scenes that none of us had heard before. Um, we're joined by Dale Torborg, the demon wrestler. And boy, Dale takes us right back to how it all first started and all of the politics that were going on and what was supposed to happen and what they tried to make happen and what he wanted to have happen and great stories. Before I have to, have to mention one other thing before we go to Dale. For those of you that don't know this, check out Izzy Presley's page, his Facebook page, because he's now doing a thing where he won't destroy your favorite Kiss song and he'll actually stop playing it live if you donate to him. Yeah, ba ba wow. basically you've got to pay him to stop playing because he's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it just usually takes me at least a third of the song before I figure out what he's playing. You know, and then it's it's in my head and wrecked forever. You know what? I, I, I got to tell you what. There, there, there's some guy on, I don't know. I, you know, I should save this. But there's some guy who's doing Aces solos and, and like really doing them. I watched that today. Someone sent it to me. It's fantastic. I'll, I'll get the guy's name. I'll do it for, for now. You know what I'll do? I'll just post it on the three side site. Yeah, but that's actually good. Yeah, it, well, it's it's the it's the total opposite of Izzy Presley. So I mean, Izzy's. I'm watching it right now. It's, it's, it's like comparing um, Italian food to Seven Eleven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doesn't get <laughs> old, Izzy. Doesn't get old. <laughs> it just doesn't. Izzy's one of those guys that says that Olive Garden's Italian food or good Italian food. Oh, it's got the endless. Izzy's endless a very unique food. individual. Hey, guys, guys, what do you what do you think if we said um, donate to three sides to make us stop recording? So one way we could make some money doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anybody interested in paying not to hear me or Mark? 
Or me. Uh, less, less Everyone wants Tommy. to hear Lisa. So. Everybody wants, yeah. What if we just turn this into the Lisa show? We don't even need to show up when she's on. No, no. Oh, she all. looks like the librarian now. I know. The librarian. <laughs> just, just, so you guys know, she's the only one on video right now, so she's got the whole screen. Awesome. <laughs> 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 oh, everybody's right, a little on, every everybody's a little uh, stir crazy. It's to be expected. Um, some of us are more blonde than the rest of us. I I will add. I actually put real pants on today for this. Okay, <laughs> that, that's what to our lives have come to. That's what our lives have come listen to. Listen to this before we go. Listen, hold on. Just listen to this. I couldn't hear it. Can't hear anything. Oh, you can't. Oh, okay. I have busy turned I'll mute. Right. I'll mute my mic. If I mute my mic, then I can hear it. Hold on. Okay, everyone, mute your mics and listen to this. Don't hear anything. Don't hear a thing. Well, hear it that time. I thought if I muted my mic, I'd be able to hear it, but no. Okay, yeah, because we'll that that's like turning your radio down so you can like read the map. Well, I <laughs> thought if everybody turned their mics down, there would be no. He's noise. butchering rip it out right now as we speak. So okay, it's me, eight o'clock, guys. Mark's you know Mark, Mark's hangry, uh, so let it roll. Dale Torborg, the Demon Wrestler. Want to get your official Three Sides of the Coin logo and Shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. I'm just, I'm this close to just fucking, this is just, I hate technology. I hate everything about it. Let's start the show. Let's start the show if, if with you this. look at my if if you go back and look at the picture I sent you, I, I put something together here. Whenever it says it's on, it says it's ready to go, says you're signed in. I noticed if my motorhead icon is is not there, you can't get a hold of me. But every it says I'm on. When I just restarted second week in a row, when my icon was there is when you were able to get a hold of me. So I don't know why um, it says I'm on regardless, but whenever the icon's there, you can get a hold of me. So I dropped that modem in a box and send it back to Uncle Gene. I'm telling you, it's just fucking annoying as hell. Well, don't call the cable company today because I'm super fucking busy. So, all right, let's get the show on the road. So, uh, just so you know, Dale can't see us. He's got bandwidth problems from his kiss router oh okay I he can hear us <laughs> I, can, I can hear you though um <laughs> oh it's your beer delivery look at you lucky duck it's fucking i tom you're going through the same thing it's fucking in the 30s today Fuck this bullshit. I gotta get the fuck out of this state. I'm just it sucks. 
It sucks. Where are you guys at? I'm in Detroit. Ooh. I'm in Minneapolis. Hey, can I, James? <laughs> James, please. Tell him to throw Normally. hummingbirds at you. Tell him to go find... Throw hummingbirds at mom. Well, you know, when he comes out here, his elbow is complete bloody mess. He fell. What's the boys do? I told him to go back in the house. Last week it was go fucking 72. Wound. And it snowed on Saturday. Are you serious? Fuck. Yeah. yeah, it's just fucked. I, how in the hell? Why do people move here? It, it, it is just fucking retarded. See, Dale and I live in the south. Stones, and I'm the biggest retard of all by staying. <laughs> uh, now, now Mark is is understanding why I left the Upper Midwest I, in yes. 1998. As 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 we all know who Brian Rhodes is. He's one of my old friends, and he's a big listener. He loves to say, "Why would you live somewhere where the weather tries to kill you?" Yeah, really does. <laughs> and I'm da- da- Florida. Da- yeah, I was just say Dale's sitting back there going, "I'm in Florida. Good I don't know you. what you guys are bitching about." <laughs> we're about Dale. I got a place down there. Dale, where are you? From? Where are you in Florida? Right outside of Daytona. Okay, you're on the. I got a place in Tampa. Oh, do you? Yeah. Where? Which I should be at. Which I was supposed to be at a couple weeks ago. Stupid virus. <laughs> Stupid virus. <laughs> it's true. I tell you what, though, uh, they're talking about all because I've got a ton of money uh, that I have on refunded tickets for for uh, Delta. So I told my wife the second the second I can fucking get out of here, I'm getting the fuck out of here at least for a week. So even if she doesn't want to come it. with you, nice here. What's that, Mike? I was going to say, even if Liz doesn't want to come with you, you're leaving for a week. I don't give a fuck. I'm leaving. The first <laughs> fucking five seconds, my my fat finger is going to be on the phone because I'm I'm old. I still use a travel agent. I'm calling her saying, get me the first fucking flight out of here. So, Imagine all the, and all the crab will be restocked now in Florida. Oh, yeah. By so, the way, Dale, I hope you don't like seafood because the minute I get there, there's going to be none left. <laughs> I don't blame you. Swallow, right swallow. Don't blame you. Left swallow, right swallow. <laughs> Are you describing Tommy on a date? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh, I we 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 really should get this onto a topic of kiss, so the so the listeners yes. don't revolt. Not that we give a crap what the listeners do. Um, yeah, all right. Have a problem. Give me a little silence. Uh, Lisa, finish drinking while I introduce the show. Keep drinking. I just did. No, did. some more, some more. You're so weird. <laughs> so Lisa's enjoying her Corona. And we are joined by, this is, I think, is actually is, is your first time appearing on Three Sides. I know we've tried in the past to find um, dates, but like everybody in the world, Dale Torborg is sitting at home, not working. Yeah, Welcome, Dale. You got that right. <laughs> missing yeah, the, this is the first time, man. It's great to see you guys. Missing, uh, missing the baseball season? 
Absolutely, man. It, it's it's obviously it's crazy for everyone, but the the tough part is not knowing if it's going to come back or not. Yeah, I keep yeah. hearing rumors it's going to be coming back July first. Um, again, uh, before we started recording, I was talking to Dale about Florida. That's one of the things. They, if the Major League Baseball comes back, they said they're going to do two weeks of spring training. You know, spring training. I mean, my fat ass cannot be in a plane fast enough to get down there to go watch some fucking baseball. I mean, this is total first world problem stuff. But goddamn, I miss sports. It's me driving too. me crazy. Me Absolutely too. crazy. So, well, and I missed almost all the twin season last year because Fox was fighting with our cable company so it's like and here we go now and there's another season i'm missing so baseball and spring man they go hand in hand mm-hmm. dale i mean what are you hearing are they telling you anything about the season or is it just like sit back and wait i think it's like everybody it's, it's really sit back and wait and see where this thing goes because you I don't think you can go too early. You know, if you go too early and this thing comes back again, you know, it, it could be really detrimental to everybody. So I think this has to run its course before they can even think about putting people in the stands. And, you know, it's a shame because I, I think we all really do miss it a ton. And obviously I, I work for one of the major league teams and, you know, we're chomping at the bit. We think we have a really good team this year and we're ready to go. You know, we were ready to go in spring training and we're still ready to go. And everybody wants to get rolling, but it's got to be at the right time. Like like everyone else, you know, all the other sports that are, are going through this, they don't even know if college football is going to be canceled or delayed. I mean, it, this, is a, this is a crazy time for everybody. Look, my team sucks ass, and I could care less. We're probably the worst team in Major League Baseball, but I don't even give a fuck. I swear to God, the Tigers this year really are – it is really a college team with a professional owner. That's all it is. It's just like it was last year. They're fucking horrible. None of your sports teams there in the uh, Detroit we, area. We are, in, we are in the biggest funk. Lions last place. Pistons were in, if not in last, one of the la- one of the closest. And the Red Wings were dead last in the NHL. Like and the Tigers now. were dead last in, in, in Major League Baseball. I don't give a fuck. I just like going. Well, one of the things I think will be interesting is that if they condense the season, and I think it gives everybody – a shot you know it, it, all the games are going to be mean more um so it could actually be once it gets started and if it is condensed it could be really exciting for baseball fans that's true D- dale what do you think of of the i've heard other sports leagues talking about oh well we could play the games without an audience without people in the stands what do you think about that um you know, obviously, the fans bring so much to a game and to the players. And, you know, you, you kind of pull from the fans when you're playing the game. And I think it's really important. It's part of the game. It would, I think it would be very tough to watch that without, you know, without the fans in the stands. But to get the game started, I can see them doing it. And hopefully this thing goes away and, you know, we or we find a vaccine or, or something that, the fans could come back because I, I part, I mean, the fans are what make the game. And so, yeah, it would be nice for some people to see the game back again on TV, but it's, there's nothing like the experience of going to a stadium. Hey Dale, since, and, and trust me, everyone in three sides line, we're going to get the kiss, but I don't have a very, you know, I don't have an opportunity to talk to Dale all the time, especially somebody who works for a pro ball team. Um, much like the NFL schedule wise, 
I like the idea of the NFL going to 17 league games as a as a former former season ticket holder for the last 20 years. I didn't renew my Lions tickets this year. I just said, fuck it. I just couldn't do it. Could not. This is before the coronavirus thing. I just after 20 years, I just said, fuck this. So anyways, baseball season's way too long. Baseball should start in middle of May. We, you know how many games we had snowed out last year? Literally in Detroit, we had games snowed out for the first month. We had, I don't know, a few anyway. Baseball starts way too early. They got to condense that that season to about 120 games. Start later. It's insane. Tell Here, somebody, Dale. Soap. Go tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get on that, Dale. Get right on that. Get on that. Yeah. Tell him, tell him Mark Cicchini's angry today, and he wants that. All right. Seriously, we'll do no, don't, don't – because that that season is just way too long, and especially when there's Midwest teams that, you know, sometimes get into the playoffs playing almost to the, you know, November. It just – it's just – it's it's just dumb. No, a lot of ways. A lot of ways. I wish. I wish there was a some type of rule that if you build a new stadium, it's got to be retractable. Um, just because you know, if you if it little by little, if we get to that point, then you're not going to have snowed out games, rained out games, that kind of thing, and it's it's comfortable for the fans. Yeah. I, I tell you what. I, I again before we started, Dale and I were talking Florida. I've been to the to the see the. Uh, the Rays play down in Tampa and that indoor people complain about it. I think it's cool as hell. I love going there for games, which I guess I'm not going to be going there for games very much longer. Cause I think they're building a new stadium downtown Tampa, but I love that. And if you've been, obviously you have, cause you, well, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's actually, a, you know, it, it gets a bad rap, but you know, the players going in there, they don't mind it. it, it they're, it's actually a pretty cool place to play. And the clubhouse on the visiting side and is great. You know, it's just there. It's a good vibe all the way around. It's just tough when you have a dome stadium and not a lot of fans come. You hear everything, and it just makes the, you know, kind of. It, it's not a good vibe when there's not a lot of fans, but it is as loud as a rock concert when when you have a full stadium. It's ridiculous. It's an awesome place because we played uh, in the playoffs. I think it was. Uh, Oh, eight, maybe we played in the playoffs against them. We opened up and that place was packed and you could not hear from the very beginning of the game till the end. Yeah, it's really a, a unique as, as, as a big sports guy that I am, because, you know, I like all the major sports and I, I go to many games of, you know, all, all the game, all the major sports. Anyway, that's a unique place, man, that that uh, where the Rays play is uh, just a fun, fun place to Go watch a game. Well, and, you know, and we finally got rid of the Metrodome in Minneapolis, and that thing was horrible. <laughs> so, and I think it's because our, our our weather is so shitty here. They built the outdoor without retractable just so that people could enjoy the weather. But the downside of it, to Mark's point, is sometimes you get snowed out or rained out or whatever the case may be. But overall, I think most people will pick the outdoor ballpark up here. I'm just surprised, though. I'm surprised they didn't do a retractable because when it is nice, you open it up. I was really yeah. surprised when they did that, that it wasn't retractable. 
Yeah, I, I don't know why. I think it's because they wanted the cityscape. They wanted all the stuff that they're adding to it to give you that uh, baseball experience. You know, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's retractable or not. They've got to put a team on the field that can win. Sure. You know? Sure. And then we're, Lisa, Lisa's in Pittsburgh. And I'll tell you what, that is is one of the nicest stadiums. One of my favorite places to go is I just love that scenery there. It's just I, I think that's a great ballpark. It is. The one in Toronto is nice, too, with the, the uh, <laughs> what call that, uh, retractable. I've, I've been to a few uh, Blue Jays games there. That's a that's a pretty cool place. Absolutely, that was really one of the first, wasn't it? I you think know, it was the first with the, the hotel and the you know in center field. It, it, that was actually you know cutting edge at the time. It was that really cool to you know to go out there when it first opened and to see it you know the the, the roof move. It was it's really cool. Where did Lisa go? I had to let the cat in. So, so I, I, I don't want to sidetrack this conversation. Plus, we also do need to start talking about Kiss at some point. But we just literally got a brand new comment on this week's show on YouTube. <laughs> just laughed. I chuckled. I got to read it. It's from uh, Sean Rock 57 He goes, is Lisa a full-blown brunette and 150 pounds now or something? Where is she? <laughs> no, she's not 150 pounds, and she's blonde. But you know what? It that when I first met Dale years and years ago, my, I had brown hair. My hair, I, I am a natural brunette now. I'm blonde, but Dale remembers when I was a brunette. I do. Years ago, I thought you dyed it brown. No, see, I'm so confused. Curtains match the drapes. <laughs> I'm going to show a picture. Look, I found this picture of me and Dale. Oh, you pictures like that? Oh, no. See? Who is that? That was the first time we met. See my hair? Yep. Yep. Brown. <laughs> Dale, I'm sorry. You can't see it. Not yet. Can't see, but I think I know the picture. I think you sent that to me. I'll take a picture and send it to you again, just in, just so you can feel like you're you know what I'm showing. Okay. So yeah, we do have Lisa today. We made sure to see if Lisa could do it. I mean, frankly, what's her excuse? She can't go anywhere either. Right. And at, and, and 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 I would imagine Lisa, you're sort of like me at this point. The kids could run wild in the streets naked, and you don't give a crap anymore. No, I don't anymore. I, I swear to God, I see my hair is either gonna—I'm gonna be gray or bald before this whole thing is over. You have no idea. You—you you have no idea. Guys, <laughs> right, let's get this back to so, kiss. So, so let's so go Dale. back to kiss. So, so Dale's got a bit of a kiss connection. For those of you who don't know, oh, I actually got a great thing to reference here. That's Dale. That's Dale. The demon. Um, How cool he has his own action figure. uh, Seriously. I mean, we don't even have our own action figures. We need action figures. We got to work on that. We got to get that done for you. (laughs) I want a Lisa action figure. Make me look real thin. We'll we'll have to talk to Figures Toy Company about getting that done for you guys. That'll be fun. Um, I look like the comic book guy from Simpsons. Lisa's comes with a gold. 
I don't want you know to tell. I, I don't want to. My children, I need more than just two beers. I'm just saying. Yeah. I had an edible Impressive. before I sat down. So I he's happy as hell. <laughs> Um, okay. all, so all right, so, talk, so, 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 so let, let, let's talk the demon. Um, so, Dale, you give us the backstory. I was there, but, you know, nobody wants to hear me talk. What was the backstory in the history of the demon True. wrestler? Okay, so I had first started hearing about, there were rumors floating around WCW that there's some sort of kiss thing happening, possibly happening. We didn't really know much about it. And I had actually done a show at the United Center in Chicago, and I did a did a jump kick move, dislocated my knee, tore my ACL, tore my meniscus, all in one move. So I was on the shelf, and I'm you know rehabbing and doing all that stuff for my knee, and that's when I started hearing about the rumors. And apparently, what happened was at the Super Bowl when Kiss played the Super Bowl, Gene ran into Vince McMahon, and this is a story that that I've heard. And they started talking about doing a, a character and Gene wanted his basically an, his alter ego of the demon to be a wrestler. So they start talking about it. Well, apparently Gene did, he did his research and found that WCW was actually leading in the ratings and WCW was bigger, bigger than the WWF at the time. We, we were, you know, on a big run. They had the NWO, that kind of thing. So Gene went to Eric Bischoff to try to work a deal. So he basically, it sounded as if Gene took the deal, a better deal from Eric Bischoff. And so Eric took it. So I remember they, at the day that I actually was cleared to wrestle again, I went down to the power plant and back then you could hear a phone ring. It was in like an old warehouse. So you can hear if the phone rang in the office, everybody could hear it. So we would hear this all day long. And it, there was a loudspeaker and we heard the phone ring. We kept wrestling. I just started feeling, okay, is my knee going to make it? How's it feel? First day cleared. I'm only cleared an hour when that phone rang. And Jody Hamilton, the guy that ran the power plant at the time over the loudspeaker told me to come to the front. So I went to the office. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, because in baseball, a lot of times, if you get hurt and then you're cleared, then they release you. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm kind of doing this walk of death. I'm like, oh, God, I, I'm done. They're going to release me. You know, I just got cleared, young guy. So Jody sits me down and said, you know, have a seat, kid. So I sit down. He goes, Eric Bischoff wants to see you in his office immediately. He has a character that he wants to talk to you about. And I said, okay, that's great. So I head down to the offices. Eric's waiting for me. I go in and I talk to him. And he said, uh, hey, listen, I, we've got this character we want to talk to you about. Uh, apparently we heard that you're a KISS fan. And I said, absolutely. I've been a KISS fan since I was five years old. He said, okay, well, Gene Simmons wants to do a character. And uh, are you interested? I said, absolutely. I'm absolutely interested. He goes, okay, so here's the deal. We have a pay-per-view. This is on a Friday afternoon. He said, we have a pay-per-view on Sunday in St. Louis. We want you to go do a dark match for this character if you want. And I, I said, absolutely. He goes, I, you know, I hear you, you just been cleared recently. Right. And I said, yeah, an hour ago. And he goes, wait a minute, an hour ago. <laughs> I said, yeah, I just got cleared today. 
And he goes, okay, well, you need to have a match on Sunday. And now anybody that's wrestled before, you don't have your wind up. You're, you know, you, you need ring time to get back in shape. It doesn't matter if you do cardio, you do a bike, elliptical, run, whatever. It's not the same as being in the ring. So I've been on the shelf for six months at this point. And um, I know that I'm not ready. I'm like, oh, God, how am I going to have a 10-minute match when I'm not ready for this? So I'm like, okay, I'm still going to do it. All right. He goes, well, get yourself somebody that you want to wrestle Get yourself, um, put a match together. It's got to be 10 minutes long. You're going to do the dark match. You'll leave tomorrow uh, for St. Louis. So I said, okay. You know, so I, I called Johnny Swinger, one of the guys that said, hey, come on down to the power plant. I want to I want to have Isn't that you Mark's as my, nickname? As my opponent. What's that? Mark's nickname is Johnny Swinger. Will you stop? <laughs> Continue on. Ignore these morons. <laughs> so... I end up, we go back to the power plant. We try to put a match together, but I can't do the match yet because I'm not sure my knee is going to hold up. So we fly the next day, we fly to St. Louis. And when I land, this is kind of a cool part of the story. When I land, uh, waiting for my bags, there's a girl at the Avis counter waiting on, on her rental car. I asked her, I knew I, I recognized her from WCW and I asked her, do you need a ride? And she goes, no, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you though. Nice smile and all that. It ended up being my wife and that's wow. that's how we met for the first time wow. yeah when at the avis counter in st louis but um so bottom line in this is i ended up doing the dark match for the character and can you tell me what that is i don't oh I, okay dark, dark match just means that it's not being recorded so it's oh. it's like before the show that they're calling it dark because the cameras aren't on okay. but um so you you can try different things you'll see you know uh, talent that comes in that if before a show that's not being filmed they want to kind of take take them out there see what they can do in front of a uh, in front of a crowd so i end up going i'm ready to go do this match and i'll never forget i was wearing uh do you remember the psycho circus shirt that was glow in the dark it had the, like that clown yep. face yep yeah okay so i i was war i wore that with leather pants and sleeves cut off and i'm about <laughs> I'll tell you what I was. I was never more nervous before that or since for that because I wanted it so bad. Being a Kiss fan, I was. I was literally that. That's the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life. And as I'm going out, it's time. The music's hit, and I, I'm. I'm supposed to go out there again. Nerves got me. You know, quick, you're, quick, you're quick, ready quick, to go. Quick, quick question, Dale. Did you have makeup on yeah. for the dark match? No. Okay. No, nope, it was just it was just me, and that's part of what happened. I, I'm going out the curtain. Somebody grabs my arm, and pulls me back, and it was Eric Bischoff. Goes, hey, I want you to do uh, Gene Simmons without doing Gene Simmons, and pushes me out. I'm like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> do, do Gene Simmons without doing Gene Simmons. What does that mean? So my head's rolling as I'm walking out going, uh, no, I'm not going to do the tongue thing. Um, uh, forget it. I'm just going to go out there and do what I think is right. So we have this match, and I set up the match to have a drop kick on the very first move. We locked up, pushed off, and I drop kicked him because I told Johnny Swinger, if my knee's going to go, it's going to go on a drop kick. Let's not waste anyone's time. If, it, if it's the first move and my knee's gone, then let's forget about it. So we did drop kick. Knee was fine. Off we went, had 10 minutes, great match. 
Johnny Swinger is an awesome talent. He he worked great with me. I come back from the through the curtain, and Eric Bischoff standing there, and he goes, "Hey," I said, "Hey," and I go, "How was that?" And he goes, "You have another job you can go to." Um, oh wow! Uh, apparently, I, I need to now. And he looks at me straight face and goes, "No, no, no, no! You did great. You got the gig. Meet me in uh, meet me in my office uh, this week. We'll get everything signed, and you got it." And wow. I'm pumped up. I'm making phone calls. I got the gig. I'm I'm super pumped. Now, fast forward a little bit, and I'm supposed to hear from Eric's assistant to set up this meeting. The whole week goes by, nothing. They fly me out to Vegas for the um, Nitro Grill. They, they open this Nitro Grill at the Excalibur in Vegas. So I'm out there for that. Eric hasn't said anything to me. I'm, I see Eric at the grand opening. And I walk up to him and I go, hey, Eric, you, you still want to talk to me in your office about the, the kiss thing? And he looks at me. No. That was it. Wow. That was that was that was all that was told. Then I found out when we did test makeup. So there was Chris Canyon, Brian Adams, and myself did test makeup with this guy Andre from AFX Studios in Atlanta. We had all done the test makeup, you know, shoulder pads, all that kind of thing. And they went out and, and showed the pictures to Gene. So I went from having the gig to not having it. So what happened is they showed the pictures and said to Gene, the, all, here, here are the guys that we want to do this. And Gene picked my picture out and said, this guy looks the most like me. He goes, that's the guy. And he goes, but wait a minute, wait. He goes, which one's the biggest? And they, he, um, Eric said, this guy, Brian Adams. Because Brian Adams was over 300 pounds. And I got to tell you, he was one of the nicest people that you can meet. Okay. I mean, literally sweetheart of a guy, but enormous, you know, six, six, probably over 300 pounds. So Gene's, Gene's vision of what the demon was supposed to be was like Kane from the WWE. He wanted this big, you know, monster. Right. And I can understand why, you know, that Kane was, was, you know, amazing back in the day that, I mean, that was, the character, the go-to character with the fire and the, the red outfit. He was, he was awesome. So that's what Gene wanted. So they told me then that, okay, Brian Adams got it. Well, Brian called me and he goes, Hey man, I, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I'm not a kiss fan. I have no idea. And I said, don't worry about it. I'll help you through it. You know, we'll, we'll talk, I'll tell you, you know, some of the mannerisms and that kind of thing. So I worked with Brian trying before that Vegas show when kiss debuted the character I worked with Brian trying to get him to understand what, how Gene moves and some of the things that he did because I wanted to help him. I mean, I didn't get, I didn't get the gig, but you know, I love Brian was, like I said, he was a sweetheart of a guy, man. Awesome dude. So we talked about it and you know, they did that whole thing. And uh, that's still one of those things that goes down one of the events where they talk about kiss having the lowest ratings, but you were there and I'm, Mike, I'm, yeah. you know, you remember it was the weirdest setup that it was after the main event. Yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it was after 11 o'clock that people thought when I talked to people, they're like, what happened to that character? I thought it was going to be on. They thought since it was the main event, it was over. They had Sting and Hulk Hogan. They thought it was over. And so it was just a really strange thing. Why the, I think the ratings 
were what they were back then and why, oh, it was the lowest rated segment in Nitro history or whatever. But I, I think it was how it was booked. Um, yeah, that you know, yeah, it was it was just, just a strain. I mean, there's a the WCW time was very weird at the end. But, you know, with that being said, so how I ended up with the character is Brian Adams called me out of the blue. Uh, he had done the appearance uh, at the MGM Grand, uh, you know, the debut. Then he did one more, I think, at Nassau Coliseum where he he walked out and kind of confronted Vampiro, said, not now, not today, but sometime. That was it. So he never wrestled in the makeup and the character. He never actually did any in-ring stuff with it. But he had called me and said, hey, Dale, I need to talk to you. He goes, I just called WCW and I bailed out of this character. He said, I don't, I'm not a Kiss fan. I don't get it. Um, they, I told them they picked the wrong guy to begin with and that there's only one guy that should do it, and it's you. You should have had it to begin with, and it's you. And he said, WCW is going to be calling you um, to talk to you about it. And part of what Brian didn't like is part of the merchandising deal with this whole thing was that the wrestler wasn't going to get merchandise money. So that normally with, with wrestlers, when you had Sting, Sting made a fortune. And like guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin off of their shirts, yeah. those Sting masks, they made an absolute fortune off of their merch. Well, the deal that um, Eric cut with Kiss wasn't Kiss's fault. It was Eric's just kind of saying, here, yeah, we're going to give you, and the wrestler gets nothing. And so Brian's like, I, I want to do my own thing, and I don't get this. And I, I, of course, jumped at it. And so, you know, that's kind of the long story of how I got the character. Well, let, let, let me ask you. So, uh, you know, in, in, in professional wrestling, when you're signed to the WCW or the WWE, um, how much say does a wrestler have to say, no, I don't want to do this character? Or, you know, are they pretty much like, you're doing it or you're, you're gone? I mean, how, how much give and take is there? If you're if you were one of the big dogs, there's a lot. You know, yeah. if you're you know if you were Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall and Sting, you know they made a name for himself. A guy like me, none. You're you're doing this, or you can go home. You know, so and that's where you know I I understand the the character got a lot of grief. It's you know you have the wrestling fans that a lot of times are vocal, and the Kiss fans that are vocal. And they were very vocal, both sides, about the character. A lot of times the wrestling fans didn't like it that Kiss came into their their world and merchandise and marketed into their world. You know, so, it, you know, there was a lot. And the Kiss fans didn't like that I was getting beaten. And I don't blame them. I mean, if I was a Kiss fan, I wouldn't have liked how they started the character either. But there was an article that came out from WCW at the time. They, they started beating me early on. And I'll never forget, I was... This is like one of those classic things that nobody knows. So it, it's at the MGM Grand again is when I make my technically reappearance, uh, you know, as the demon. I actually did one match in Cape Girardeau was my actual debut. Cape Girardeau, Missouri against Reno was the, the, the it was the taped one for Saturday night. So that didn't air until after the Thunder. Um, so that's why the debut was actually on Saturday, but then it looked like the debut was on thunder against Terry Funk. So they tell me, they, they pulled me in the room and they said, uh, yeah, you, you drew the short, uh, the, the short stick here, kid. You, you've got Terry Funk tonight. 
you know, and he was known as the, the hardcore guy. I was like, no, that's great, man. I get to wrestle the legend. And they said, well, you're going to do the job for him tonight. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to beat you up pretty good. And I said, okay, why? And they said, because you're not going to be doing this character much longer. You're doing <laughs> us a favor right now. We're going to put you back Jesus. In, in your MVP character later on. You're, you're going to fulfill this KISS contract. And then we're going to put you in. And, and don't worry about it. You're wearing makeup. You're doing the face paint. No one's going to know who you are. So I'm in this match. Terry Funk's giving me neck breakers and wants to do all these different moves. And, and so I'm going through this. He throws me out of the ring. I hit the guardrail. And I'll never forget. They told me before the match, oh, they won't know who you are. The guy, when I hit the guardrail, leans over and goes, hey, Torborg, you want to pinch hitter right about now? And I remember looking up at this guy going, yeah, yeah, they don't know who I am. Okay, great. Yeah. So that, that no one knows that. I don't think I've ever told that story before. But it, I mean, it, it was just a classic moment. Like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, I do want to pinch it right now. You know, Dale from from an outsider. You know, I was I'm a, obviously a big wrestling fan. I watched the WCW a lot. Kiss fan. You know, I was there at the MGM when the character was debuted. It felt to mm -hmm. me, and you tell me if I'm right, wrong, or what what your take on it is, that the WCW basically didn't care about this character. It, it was like, let's just kill it off as quick as possible. And, and maybe it's partly because the WCW was basically on its last legs at that point, it seemed like. It, was, it, it almost felt like the Kiss character was grasping for straws. What can we do to do something that's going to save, save the, you know, the league? Um, as an outsider, that's what it seemed like to me. Because, you know, while this was all going on, you know, I was running Kiss Online. So we would we had a whole demon section on the yep. website for you. We were tracking who you were wrestling and the results and everything. And it just kept looking like they're just burying you. They never had any intentions of anything yeah. positive happening with the character. They didn't. They did not in the beginning. Okay, so WCW was in major turmoil. Uh, when I started doing the character, actually performing as the character, Eric Bischoff was out. So the reason why it didn't go in the beginning is that they were trying to make it look bad to make Eric Bischoff look bad. That mm. was the whole point of this. That they, they had this contractual obligation to do a certain amount of matches okay and and i remember some, they were complaining because one of it in the, in the contract it stated that the character had to do a main event on a pay-per-view and so what wcw came up with it was a special main event was at san in san yeah. francisco and at cal pal you were there yep yeah so you were there you took a bunch of pictures and all that kind of stuff i remember that as clear as day but it was a special main event. It was put in the middle. And I mean, it was just a contractual garbage thing. So what happened was they started beating me. And the article stated, we can't later on, they're like, we can't figure this out. We keep beating this guy and burying him. And the fans in their arena keep getting behind him. So we're going to take him off TV and we're going to rethink this. So if the way that way it happened was I did. I went back. They kind of repackaged me. They, they started thinking about how we could do this with Vampiro and Sting and all that kind of stuff. And they really did want to bury it. 
And, and it was, it, there was some crazy stuff that happened too. One is that there was a rumor going around that the music, God of Thunder, cost WCW $10,000 every time it was played, right? And they, WCW said, we're not going to use your music. We're going to come up with a different song. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. God of Thunder is synonymous now with the demon. Yeah. Why are we doing it? Oh, it's because it costs $10,000 to do this. So I ended up reaching out to someone I knew, and they sent me the contract. And it and it, in there, it was nowhere near it. It was my, maybe 100 bucks that every time the song was played, nothing, drop in the bucket. So I took the contract in. And I said, uh, here, I, I was all pumped up, dude. I was like, all right, you know, now, now we can get past this and, and go. I took the contract in and said, look, it's, it's nothing like $10,000. They looked at the contract and they were pissed. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I got sent home for three months for that stunt. Wow. So I got sent home and taken off TV for three months. Yeah, that's to punish me for, for doing that. I don't know that it was a weird, weird political thing because they were they were doing whatever they could to bury it. Like like you said, they were. And then then it started to switch a little bit. And once I got into the pro program with Vampiro and thing, it was it was really cool. I mean, we started doing some stuff. I, I remember I did a main event match in Terre Haute, Indiana, and it was with Sting uh, Chronic, which was Brian Adams, Brian Clark, um, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Vampiro and the Great Muda, and it was unbelievable match. The place was rocking, and I remember sitting there. I came back backstage, and and Booker T. I, I don't know if I said Booker T was in the match or not. So, but Booker was in there, and Booker at the end. It was a main event, you know, with all the big dogs at the time. Yeah. And he came up to me and he said, "He goes, son. <laughs> he goes, you just." Prove yourself. You can hang with the big dogs. Your career is going to change after this. And it didn't. It didn't. They just it, it just kind of it was a strange time. If you if you watch the Chris Benoit, uh, we watched my wife and I just watched the Chris Benoit um, you know, on Vice. I, I can't remember yeah. the name of the show, um, but they left. I mean, it was it was such a strange time. So and I hate to be long winded, but this is a this is a, a kiss podcast. I had I had an unbelievable idea. We knew that Vampiro Sting thing was going on, and I knew where it was headed, this fire and burning Sting. And if you remember, he was off. He had this weird mask and all kinds of stuff. And Vampiro was all about the fire. So I, I'm like, man, we got to do something more exciting. So I pitched to have Gene involved in a match. Okay? So... It was gonna be in, uh, I think, Vancouver. It was like New Blood Rising, one of these, one of these um, pay-per-views. And I was supposed to wrestle Sting. And I said, why don't we try to do something creative? And so I called WCW and I pitched this idea. And I said, why don't we do this where Vampiro? I'm under Vampiro's spell, and this this whole storyline, I was under Vampiro's spell. And I I said, why don't we have Gene be the one that pulls me out of this spell? Why don't we do this? Why don't there's a match going on? I'm fighting Sting, and it looks like Sting's gonna beat me. And then all of a sudden, Vampiro comes up with a gas can when Sting goes to do the splash on me. Hit him, have Sting, uh, Vampiro pop out, hit him with the gas can. Sting goes down, and now Vampiro wants me to pour the gasoline on on Sting and light him on fire right in the middle of the ring. 
and tell me, do it, you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. I said, why don't we have the pyro hit and God of Thunder plays and Gene with a microphone comes out and said, hey, I did not raise you to do this. You know, that kind of cut a promo on me. Do not do this and comes down and kind of just buries me right there in my face. And I don't know whether I'm supposed to go with Sting. Am I supposed to go with Gene, with Vampiro? Who am I supposed to go with? And ultimately, Vampiro powders out. I pick Sting up. And now Sting and I were supposed to be partners because that's what it was supposed to be. I was supposed to get knocked out of a Vampiro spell. And then I was supposed to be with Sting. That was the storyline. So I pitched that and they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. So I called Gene and I said, hey, are you interested in doing this? And he goes, yeah, have them call me. I'll do it. I'll do it. They never picked up the phone and called Gene. The match that happened that night was a complete cluster. I'm supposed to come out and do my entrance. Sting's music hits and it's supposed to go one full loop of Seek and Destroy. And he doesn't come out. So what what I'm supposed to do is go up the ramp and I'm going to sucker punch thing when he finally shows up. And as I go up the ramp, there's he's supposed to repel from the ceiling right behind me and tap me on the shoulder. That's what was supposed to happen. So Sting's music, this is what really happened. Sting's music hits. So we were we were supposed to this was supposed to be drawn out. This is supposed to be like another minute or two of me waiting for him. Right. So we have it timed out. I go out, I do my entrance, things, music hits and the rope drops and I'm standing in the ring and I look at the ref and I go, am I not supposed to see that? I'm supposed to walk up the ramp and I, am I not supposed to see this rope that's right down in the middle of the ramp? And the ref is going, I don't, dude, I don't know. I don't know. He goes, um, Sting repels first. I mean, first right away he repels, and I'm like, screw it. And I said, I'm I'm jump starting this, and I ran at Sting full speed, and I went after him. He goes, What are you doing? And I go, Let's go, let's go. And so we start going, boom, boom, boom. He throws me in the ring, and it, the match was actually supposed to be quick. It was supposed to be quick to knock me out of Vampiro's spell, but it was supposed to be longer because of the music playing. So, I mean, it lasted like a minute. I get knocked out of a spell. And again, I look, you know, like garbage. So, I mean, it was just one one cluster of errors after another. But it just seems so counterproductive to me that if you have any kind of a business, you want all of it to succeed. But then again, like you said, politics. Yeah, that that, that upper echelon, it it changed. It went from like... um, Eric Bischoff, and then uh, I think Kevin Sullivan came in. Then they had a, uh, another guy come in. Then Vince Russo came, came in, and then Eric came back. And then it was a battle between those guys, and it was it was a bad time back there. the The morale of the the wrestlers was terrible. Uh, you you know you saw that that a bunch of those guys just leave. Uh, if you watch that Chris Benoit episode you see that they said anybody wants their release can go and it it was just it was a bad time but you know i had a chance i had a chance to leave the character and this is what the kiss fans don't understand i could have gone i had an mvp character was a baseball based on uh it was kind of like gene simmons in a baseball outfit but it was based on the movie the warriors you know warriors come out and play you know 
Yeah, and they said we're yes, absolutely. And uh, I have a story for that too, if you want to hear it later. But um, I actually the the story is I actually met one of those guys randomly out of the baseball fury. He was running a restaurant, kind of just really random. But you know, it, it just the whole the whole thing just really was was a crazy time. And you didn't know who was in charge, and you know, it, it just it, it was really bad at the, at the at the end. That's all I can say. It was just really bad at the end. Uh, but I could have I could have left the character, but I said I want to make. I'm a Kiss fan. I want to make this into something the best I can, and not be a complete joke. Kiss fans still wanted to bury it at times because it wasn't winning. What it didn't win a you know a world championship, and I understand why. But it could have been a a lot, a lot worse than what it was because there were some great moments in it and there were some really low moments in it. Dale, one of the things that, again, this could just be rumors, but I remember hearing about when the character was launched was if everything goes well, the plan was to have other the four, the three other Kiss characters as well come out and be wrestlers. So you'd have all four. Did you ever hear any discussions of that, or did it just fall apart so quickly that nobody yeah. ever thought about it? No, it, it, there were there were talks about it. There was supposed to be a pay-per-view. That's true. That, that's where it was supposed to go. There was supposed to be a pay-per-view, I think, on New Year's Eve. I think it was New Year's yeah. Eve. There, it's all written somewhere. But there was supposed to be a pay-per-view, and I was looking – they asked me to look for different characters uh, who who could play the different characters. Um, and so I was starting to look. And they also were talking about uh, they wanted Girls of Kiss as they were talking about doing like a female version. But we kind of moved that to the Love Gun Girls so that it you know wasn't wearing the Kiss makeup, but more of the Love Gun look to it. Right, right. Um, through the... All of the, you know, when the character was active and you were wrestling, did Kiss have any input on what happened? I mean, it is their license. It's their trademark. Did they have any say that, yeah, you can't stop stop beating the character up. It doesn't make Kiss look good. Because that's part of what the fans were upset about is stop beating the crap out of Kiss. It's our band. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, I would feel the same way being a Kiss fan since the age of five. Um, yeah, I think I think if if Kiss's attorneys had gotten involved, they were scared. The people in WCW were scared to death of Kiss's attorneys. And I think if they had gotten involved in saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, stop doing this. But it wasn't contractual. There was no contractual obligation to not beat the character. It only had a certain amount of appearance that had to be a part of. I think one main event and it it was actually scripted at one point in the contract. They were, it was supposed to actually win the championship at some point. And then I think that's when WCW went under. Um, but yeah, there was, I, I think if, if the attorneys had gotten involved, I think it would have changed. I know one thing they told me that they don't want to push the character for, Part of it is because of the merchandising deal. So I actually went to Gene and I told him what the deal was. And Gene, they were great. The band was absolutely awesome through the whole thing. But Gene said, have them call me. I will change the deal in order to help you. And once again, they did not 
call him. Wow. They didn't call him. They didn't call his attorney. They didn't call him. And he, he offered to change the deal. I mean, I'm telling it's you, not, it it's, a, it not every day, it's not every day Gene offers to change his contract. When he says do that, call him. Absolutely. And, you know, it was they were great. Like I said, I mean, they, they were awesome. I, I remember one of the things that WCW did to me is I told them, I saw this whole storyline happening of Sting and Vampiro, and it was all about the fire. And I said to them, I flat out called them and said, if you guys have any thoughts of me breathing fire, let me know now so I can start working on it. Okay, okay, not a word. So they call me. I, I'm outside, and I'm like building a dog shed or something out, out for the dogs. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I was Phone, the phone rings inside. My wife brings it out and says, hey, uh, one of the producers, WCW producers, is, is, uh, is on the line and I want to talk to you. So I, I take the call and they said, are you ready for Monday? Mm, yeah. <laughs> You've never asked me if I was ready for Monday before. And I, I said, yeah, I'm ready. But wait, why? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they said, all right, well, you're ready to breathe fire on Vampiro on Monday. Remember, this is a Friday. This is Friday at 6 p.m. Jesus. And I go, no, 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 I, I, I haven't done this. I don't know how to do it. So they go, how, how hard is it to learn? I'm like, I don't know. I've never done it before. They said, can you find out from KISS if they can show you how it's done? All right, all right. So this is, again, this is um, Monday. So I ended up, I reach out to Gene, and I said, can you, can you show me how to breathe fire? And he said, Why? I said, they want me to breathe fire on Monday. And he goes, you do, Dale, you do know this is Friday. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, he goes, I can show you. And I, I said, well, where are you guys at on Sunday? And I said, I'll, I'll meet you Sunday. And he goes, no, we're off. Where I think they were in Boston. If I'm not mistaken, they were in Boston Friday night. Then they went to Jones Beach Saturday. Gene says, if you can get to Jones Beach tomorrow, I'll show you how to do it. And I said, okay. So 12 hours later, I'm sitting on a plane getting ready to take off for Jones Beach from getting that call. Go to, go to Jones Beach, and I meet with Gene and Spiro uh, backstage, and Spiro starts teaching me how to do it with water. He's trying to show me, how, trying to show me, and then he starts showing me. And then so he, he and Gene, both in one of the bathrooms in Jones Beach, they, they showed me how to do the fire thing. And then I went to go do it. And so I had to go do it live on after just practicing like 20, 30 times in the bathroom. I had to go do it live in front of, you know, millions of people. And I remember one of the coolest phone calls I, I've ever received. So I did it live on Monday. Well, they want Gene watched it when it was going on. They either the replay or he watched it and he called me and he goes, I don't know how he did. It. He goes, I practiced for years before I ever did it. He goes, I give you a lot of credit that you just learned this and went out and did it live in front of millions of people. And that was one of the coolest phone calls I've gotten. That's awesome. It just, it seems like yeah. they just kept throwing, you know, stuff in front of you to just to try to distract it. And I don't, I don't get that because it's a marketing opportunity. The fans are happy. It's selling tickets. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. There's there's something else that was going on. It sounds like that, like you said, politics again. That's the only way to explain it. I had no idea that there were yeah. so many politics yeah. in that environment. No idea. 
Oh, huge. Huge. And, you know, one of the funny things is that, you know, I told you that it was kind of based on Kane is what they wanted it to kind of be like. And one of the guys I was I was in the airport and I was traveling and Kane and I ran into each other in the airport and we started talking and he goes, what are they doing with you? He goes, you know, we've talked about this in, in the WWE we all said, this dude's got the best entrance. This dude's awesome. Like, he's doing an unbelievable job. What are they doing? And I, I said, you know, I don't know. They said, well, we, we think you've got the best entrance out there. We've talked about it. He goes, I don't, I don't get what they're doing. I said, I don't either. I just, you know, it's one of those things. You, I, fought, I fought it as much as I could. And I, here's one. This, this, is, this is the crazy one. So they wanted to make a joke even more of the, uh, out of the character one of the producers calls me and says, Oh, on Monday, we want you to make sure you have a pair of boxer shorts and a wife beater t-shirt. And I, okay. And I'm sitting there going, what is this? What does this mean? So instead of, you know, I, I had my, the, the person that made my costumes, I said, Real quick, I, I called them. Can you make me a pair of shorts that has to do with Kiss? You know, so I had that. They're, they're actually sitting over there right now in my in my trophy room. Um, I should go get them. But they so I had them made. It said Kiss on the ass, and it was in flames. These black black shorts, and I ended up getting a black wife beater, or the tank top type of thing. And because I was trying to go, okay, I think they're going to try to make this look silly. So that the gimmick was that my outfit was stolen and I have to go find my outfit. And they wanted me to to look like I was sitting in front of the TV and, you know, with the makeup on and box shorts and, and this, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I, I tried to make it look as cool as I could. I wore the platform shoes with that. And so I because I, I didn't want to make it look like a joke. And so I got in trouble for that one, too, because they yelled at me for why I didn't have the right colored shirt on. Why? Where's your box? I'm like, these are what I got. I thought you'd want this. So I, that was another thing I got in trouble for. You know, it, as, as you're telling all of these, the, the stories behind the scenes, it just reminds me of the music business. And, and the stories we've all heard were a band gets signed to a record label. They've got an A&R rep that signed them and is in their corner. And then the A&R rep leaves, and everybody else at the record label is like, well, we don't care how good the band is. It's not our signing, so bury them. And it's like, sounds like a lot of what you went through was like, um, all right, Eric signed these guys. Eric's no longer here. We don't give a crap. Whether it's good or not, bury it. It wasn't our deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, like I said, there were some, you know, it, it's funny how there was a, I would get a ton of people out there. I mean, obviously there's always negative comments. You guys know about that. And it's, it's whatever, you know, <laughs> good for you. You want to make negative comments, but I got a ton of po positive comments and people talk about, I, mean, I, I ran into Tony Schiavone um, in Charlotte this year. And he said, I got to tell you, he goes, one of the coolest stories is that he goes, some guy came up to me and we were talking. He's like a huge wrestling fan, huge wrestling fan. The only reason I got into wrestling is because of watching the demon. That was my favorite wrestler, blah, blah, blah. And so there were 
lot of positive moments. I don't want it to be all negative about, you know, I just kind of given you some of the behind the scenes stuff, but there was some um, my, my dreams, you know, that kiss was my favorite band growing up and literally growing up and still to this day, my favorite band of all time to, to get to know these guys, to be a part of it. Mike, you were, you were there for a lot of this and to, to be a part of this in to be through the extended family any of those negative things that happened i would not trade it i wouldn't if you said you know we're not we're not going to do this you know and you could do something else i would not trade any of the negative stuff you showed that action figure it, it and that might be the coolest thing on the planet you know i have a mm -hmm. i have an action figure of me wearing kiss makeup i mean how many people out there are were licensed to wear kiss makeup i'm one of the very few people that were licensed to wear jeans makeup or kiss makeup the the entire band from every part of the lineup that i've met over the years have been terrific absolutely terrific i mean i just saw ace recently at cruise fest i mean it it, it just was a dream come true for me here i was an athlete and a kiss fan now i go into the wrestling world and i get to be an athlete and a KISS fan and play a KISS character. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Any of the negative stuff and the positive stuff is amazing. I had a really cool thing happen at one of the, the KISS expos in Indianapolis. Um, a guy came up to me and said, you're, you're not gonna remember me. And it was he and his wife. And I, I said, okay. And he said, do you have time to listen to a story? I said, sure. So he tells me this story about how he and his wife, um, lost all their money, okay? They went bankrupt for, through no fault of their own. They went bankrupt. And their, their two sons were huge fans at a water park in Cincinnati. And these two kids were waiting for us. When we pulled in, got in and came out of the car, they were waiting for us. They couldn't wait to see me. And so, so I sat there and I talked to them, signed their, their pictures and... and you know, you, you hope you made their day, right? So they show me the picture from that day. And they said, this has been sitting in our house framed since that, that day. Said, we, we had no money. We had gone bankrupt. And again, through no fault of their own, they went bankrupt. They used their last bit of money to travel because they didn't want their kids to, to have to suffer for something that they, you know, they were going through. So they took the kids to, to see me. And those are the type of stories that you go, everything that you went through was worth it for that one story. Because he, they, they told me they're doing absolutely great now. They've had my pictures, that picture of me with the kids up and my signed picture up in their house for 20 some years sitting up in their house. I mean, that is the coolest thing. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. 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 I agree. You know, I agree. I, 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 I would add that, yeah. Regardless of all of the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on to kill the character, um, when I was at that the, the the debut at the MGM Grand, to see all of the wrestlers like in awe of Kiss because backstage before this event happened, yeah. Kiss basically did a VIP meet and greet with everybody in that was a wrestler in the WCW. And it was a who's who of 
wrestlers like, oh, my God, I'm getting a picture next to Gene Simmons. And that could have been Sting. It could have been Tony Schiavone. It could have been, you, you. I mean, Mean Gene. That was so cool to see that happening going, you know, are these wrestlers kind of going to chuckle at, oh, it's Kiss. What the hell are we doing with Kiss? It was like, no, these wrestlers were like, oh, my God, it's Kiss. Do you do you remember the uh, uh, sound check from that that day? Uh vaguely, vaguely. The sound check had every single wrestler out of the dressing room. Yes, which you never see. Every single wrestler was out watching sound check that day, and Kiss was throwing guitar picks at them. And they were scrambling around, all of them trying to grab the guitar picks. These big guys right, acting like day, little kids. Yeah, you remember that? And, yep. and I mean, that shows you how Kiss are the, the ultimate icons. They, they really are. I mean, when you think about wrestling, wrestling doesn't hit the heights of their popularity without Kiss. I mean, basically, wrestling took a Kiss show and, yep. you know, put a wrestling ring in the middle of it. Yep. You know, the, the, the entrances and the pyro and the flame, you know, the, the everything that goes on in a KISS show, loud music, all that. In wrestling, they all stole it from KISS. So, I mean, you, you talk, I, I will never forget that, that how all the wrestlers lined up and they, it was like, I'm right, I was right there with them. I was like a little kid, you know, seeing these guys. And it was, I mean, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was, that was a very cool, you know, experience to be a part of all that. Yeah, that was, that was, that was probably one of the top KISS events I got to take part of. Because, you know, again, as a kid growing up, I grew up idolizing these wrestlers and I grew up idolizing KISS. That was the two things in my, my youth was wrestling and KISS. And all of a sudden... I'm backstage taking photos of Hulk Hogan meeting Kiss. I'm asking Bobby Heenan to say something about Kiss. Mean Gene Okerlund to talk about Kiss. It was just, it was one of those surreal things where, like, as you were saying, you just, I can't, that, it's all worthwhile to see all of that happening and just to be there was, was amazing. And, and, And you know what? It just, it sucks that, the people who are above all of the talent up in the executive suites didn't get it. Yeah, that's a shame because this could have been, you know, was it, with all the negative stuff, it was still a successful character. You know, people still loved it. In the arenas, people would go nuts when I would come out. So there were a lot of positives uh, through the whole thing. And, but it could, have been people still talk about like they when i talk to wrestling fans they're like oh my god what was wcw doing that was an unbelievable character and i have to go i know i'm I'm right there with you i was playing the character but i was there feeling everyone's pain i'm like i get it i understand why you're upset i am too i wish that they would see this a little different and really push this because it could have been amazing but i think part of the problem is the creative people lack of better phrasing creative people weren't real creative hey you're wearing makeup and you're wearing makeup uh fight okay you did that um now now what do we do they weren't oh, fans. there's another guy wearing makeup Fight him yeah they you know and it's a shame 
Tony Schiavone was a huge, huge Kiss fan. He begged them to say, he got a chance to say, you wanted the best, you got the best, the hottest band in the world. Yes, at, on Nitro, he begged to do that because he was a huge fan. So there were a lot of fans. And unfortunately, Vince Russo was a huge Kiss fan too. And I thought that, you know, that would, it, it would go better with him as well. But it just, you know, it just never, it never really took over because there was so much politics that I kind of got lost in the shuffle. The politics were so thick and heavy during that time of who's in control? Is Eric in control? Is is Vince in control? And then Eric leaves, and then it's just Vince, and then uh, someone else comes in, and, and then they call it having the book, the booker. And someone else would have the book, and then someone else would have the book, and it was just bouncing around. And it, and it just, like, in some ways, it just got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But, you know, again... Negative, all the negatives aside, I love doing it. And I would do it, if you told me to do it again tomorrow, I'd do it in a heartbeat. When the WCW finally went away and the WWE bought it, was there ever any talk of the WWE taking the character and doing something with it? Nope, because apparently from what I heard, uh, Vince didn't like that Gene took it to his competitor and so he, you know, that's how it started. And it should have, you know, in a lot of ways, it should have started there. But that's, and I don't, I don't know that for a fact that that's all how it happened. But they actually talked to me about doing a tryout match, um, me personally, without the character. And it was the same time I had a chance to go to Montreal for baseball. And when I told them, I said, I'm going to go to baseball and maybe we can, you know, look at this again when I'm done with baseball in you know in October, I never called them back. They never called me. Uh, we did the X, the XWF came in. That was Hulk Hogan and Brian Knobs from the Nasty Boys, and I, we came in. And Gene and Paul actually did some video stuff. Like I said, the band has been amazing. They were amazing through the whole thing. Anything that I ever needed and asked, they were right there and did it. And you know I'm forever grateful and, and appreciative that. They were like that through this whole thing. Yeah, because I remember um, it was on the farewell tour at at Atlanta, where you were filming something for WCW backstage with the band, not in their actual dressing room, but one of the many dressing rooms backstage. They were they were part of the storyline, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Uh, I still have that footage, and I don't I don't think that's ever been released. I still have the footage from that. Um, it's funny. I just, I just lost you, Mike. Oh, now I don't see any, I don't, I don't see anybody, but you're, you're you're still here. So yeah, see Mike froze. Well, now you're moving again, but I can still see, see Dale. I can see everyone. All right. Well, again, now I don't, I don't see anybody. I just see all your, your, your little icons up there, but I'll just, I'll just keep going. Um, where were we at when that, what was I saying when we just, you, you, we were talking about the band in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, I have that footage. So we ended up um, shooting that. It was supposed to be about, that was about the time that Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff were battling. And it was supposed to be, is Kiss going to go with Eric or is it going to, are they going to go with, with Vince? So we shot, there's a promo and, and actually Gene, Gene cuts a great promo. Do you remember that? 
Mike mm-hmm. when he, he's yelling at the camera, he's doing his best, you know, wrestling impersonation. And um, it was really cool because Paul got in it. He cut a promo and it was it was actually a really cool night. That And once again, WCW <laughs> never aired it. I was going to say they never used it because, yeah, I, I was back there videotaping you being videotaped and this whole thing going on and it was it was cool as hell i mean imagine being in you know the the hockey dressing room that's what it was the basketball or hockey dressing room type of thing and all i i'm pretty sure all four guys in kiss were there or at least yep, were coming were. in it were coming in and out and you were there and i was like they didn't use any of this footage what did they got it was it. it was incredible footage you have you have gene simmons cutting a promo just that i mean it was hilarious and and paul going he said something about you don't know what this man can do yet you we haven't even seen the beginning of what this man can do and it was a really cool video you know man, that that's one of those things i you know they talked about this documentary i would love if the the you know, the producers or whoever, this KISS documentary, that would be great footage because it's never been aired. It's No one's ever seen it. I can ask them if they want it. Tommy. Yeah. Ding, ding. Did Tommy freeze? Tommy is frozen. That's okay. Tommy's been frozen for a while. Dale, you know what? I have to say something. I've known you all these years, and I did not know any of this. I am... I knew it all, actually. My husband knew it all, but I am like, <laughs> I uh, like, I am completely shocked of all this stuff that happened behind the scene. I had no idea. I yeah, mean, and that's the thing. Most of the Kiss fans don't. And again, I don't, I don't blame them for any of the negative comments that came my way. I get it. That's the thing. I, I get it. You know, and uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you don't want to. A lot of times say what's going on behind the scenes. It was just part of it. A lot of people have issues with, you know, their jobs and that kind of thing. And and part of what we do uh, isn't, I mean, most of it isn't real. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we obviously wrestling scripted and, you know, but so we tried to keep all that stuff behind the scenes as much as we could. And I tried to keep it quiet as much as we could. And I kept fighting good. And I kept fighting and fighting and fighting, trying to really make this character something special. I really tried to do that because of being a KISS fan, and I really did not, um, you know, I didn't want to let the band down. You know, this is your your idols growing up. You don't want to let any of them down and have any negative publicity towards them because you you wanted to make them proud and, you know, and and just being a, a KISS fan and just, knowing what that means that wearing that iconic makeup none of that was lost on me man i i thought that i mean i i was like super proud to do it and i was going to do whatever i could even if it meant it hurt my career because i could have again i could have left that character they told me flat out we're gonna we're gonna bury this character we're gonna put you in the mvp character and we're gonna push you we're gonna give you a big push so that you can, um, you know, because you're doing this favor for us, but, you know, I could see a non-KISS fan going, okay, yeah, that's great. But I ended up hurting my career in the long run because I wanted to, you know, try to make this uh, a character that 
the Kiss fans and the band would be proud of. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I think I succeeded in doing that, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a ton of people clicking on right now going, no, you didn't succeed in doing that. You were terrible. <laughs> well, you know what, from, from, from the person who worked with you at the Expos, I would yeah. say that everybody was so excited to see you and interact with you and speak with you. I think that, I mean, it was very cool to see all these people so happy to see you. And I will tell you, when I first met you and I was told, hey, Lisa, can you um, can you uh, help out Delta Warburg, the demon at the expo? I'm like, sure. When you came walking towards me in those boots and that costume, I was like, oh, my God. It was <laughs> like it was what Lisa Lisa. Was it like a hockey goalie approaching? It. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Pretty <laughs> scary, were, huh? Oh my god, you were with the content. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna kill me. And you walked over in this big costume, and you're like, hi, I'm Dale. I was like, oh my god, he's actually not gonna kill me. And you were the <laughs> nicest guy that I probably ever met. But I really loved watching you interact with all of these fans, and it was it was really cool. And I had, like I said, I had no idea that all of this happened. <laughs> you know, in the, in the, in the background, you know, but just watch how happy all these fans were to meet you at all these expos. I thought it was really, really cool. You know? Well, thank you, man. I, you know, and I love, that's one of the things I love talking kiss with the, you know, the fans. I just, uh, we, I have a, um, a radio DJ friend here in Orlando. He's got the number one morning show in, in Orlando and he is an enormous kiss fan. And just the other day, we were talking about albums and I, and I said, you know, I said, you know what, one of my, we were, we were talking about the elder. We were talking about, I, I said, you know, it gets a bad rap. Okay. And I go, but you got to think about it. I was about 10 years old when the elder came out and I sat there and going, I love the elder because I was 10 years old and it was kissed. So I listened to that thing over and over and over again. And I, then we started talking. I said, you know, one of my favorite Kiss albums of all time is Revenge. And so we, we start we start talking about Revenge. And, and I said, I, I said, I absolutely love that that record. I, I think it's amazing. And I, I told him this story. I said, I, I was at Northwestern at that time. I was a student at Northwestern University when Revenge came out. And I walked to the, the local record store and they're they're building this um, big display of Pearl Jam's 10. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I, I go in and I, I look, you know, I go through and I look for a kiss and I get the revenge album. And I, so I go to purchase it and the guy goes, Oh, you know, you should, you shouldn't be getting kissed, man, this Pearl Jam. And I go, no, you, you can keep your Pearl Jam. Uh, this is the, this is the album I want. You know, I could care less about Pearl Jam. You know, I'm like, I'm a kiss fan, man. And so, I asked the guy, I said, so, you know, how many, uh, how many of these albums have you sold? How many of the Kiss albums? And he goes, including you, one. And I'm like, okay, small, smart ass, just give me the record, let me go. But I'm telling you, that, that's still to, to this day, one of my, my favorite albums was Revenge. So again, you know, being able to talk with Kiss fans about Kiss, I still love doing it. I enjoyed, you know, we had good times, Lisa, with, with, with doing all the different expos and, and I enjoy, you know, talking to the fans about it, you know, talking about, you know, the, the wrestling, you know, kiss albums, you know, 
anything. I mean, I still, I still love doing that. We had an unbelievable time. We at, at cruise fest this year, this past year was amazing. I mean, it, we, so many fans from all different countries and it was a blast talking to everybody. We had such a great time. You know, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, we gotta do more expos. We gotta wait for this Corona to be done and do more expos. Uh, I know. I was supposed to do an appearance around WrestleMania, and you know, I, I and I'm booked to do um, you know Cruise Fest again this year. Still, I think I have. This was last last year's version. We had a special. I don't know. Can you see it? Um, I actually, yeah. I was just going to tell everybody that, that, that I've lost video for everyone. I see it. I, I see it. You see it? It's just so... Yeah, yeah that was... We, we did a special Christmas one. Now, how do you get one of those? Can you, like, get those on a, like, on a website? Yeah, um, Figures Toy Company has them. Figure, so, Figures Toy Company... Um, is, is an awesome company. So um, th this is kind of things that people don't realize or, or know. So with Figures Toy Company, um, the guy Danny, the pharaoh who's in the band Angel, the guitar yeah. player in Angel, yep. the yeah. guy that sculpts him. So I met with Figures Toy Company about something completely different. For the White Sox, we were trying to do custom wrestling belts for the hardest working players. So I went over to Tampa and I met with them and we start talking and I, I had heard they had, they had gotten the license uh, to do kiss figures. And I told them, I said, you know, uh, there's a guy that I've seen online. This guy, the Pharaoh, this guy, Danny is the best I've ever seen at capturing uh, the likenesses of kiss. And I'm like, you've got to look this guy up. So they look him up right away and they contacted him. And that's how Danny got the gig is because I mentioned you got to get this guy. So that's how Danny ended up sculpting uh, most of the Kiss figures. I, I have them all over, over on the side there. Um, he, he didn't do the original ones. I don't think he did the monster ones. But after that, he started doing them. And he actually did my, my figure too. You know, I sent him pictures of me from that era of when I was wrestling without the makeup and with the makeup and he sculpted it by hand. This guy's ridiculously good, but um, I ended up being like one of their consultants on all the figures, the kiss figures that before they would come out, they would say, Hey, what, do, how does this, does this costume make sense? And I suggested that they did the, the first, uh, the first set of costumes. I, I sent them pictures of what I thought they should look like. And so that's, you know, we go, you know, back and forth about, you know, with Danny and with the guys at Figures Toy Company to try to make the figures look as, as the best we can, as accurate as possible. That's pretty That's cool. cool. We need figures, guys. I think we need yeah. some size figures. We will. We, we, we got to. Yeah, we got to work on that. Well, there, there's so the interesting thing is part of Figures Toy Company. The owner's son has his own company off of Figures Toy Company called My Face on a Figure. They can actually, this is a really cool one. So no, no one really knows this too. So I got to um, be friends with some, some different people over the years. And um, do you guys know who Nick Swartzen is? No. No. Okay, you do. You just don't know the name right offhand. <laughs> he's, the, he's the blonde-haired guy in all of Adam Sandler's movies. Okay. Um, 
if you look up Nick Swords and you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about, if you've seen Grandma's Boy, he's in that one of my all-time favorite movies is Grandma's Boy. Um, so Nick is absolutely hilarious. So Nick and I meet on a on a plane. We we start talking and we 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 hit it off and we've been we've been friends since. So he invites me to go to uh, one of his shows in Orlando, and I, he goes, "Hey, I want you, I want you and your wife to come." Uh, to one of the shows you want to go and I'm like yeah absolutely we'll be there and he goes oh man that's awesome and he goes it's going to be me uh, Spade uh, Schneider and Sandler and I'm like you got to be kidding me so we go and we go hang out with those guys backstage so then they're going to be playing again in, in St. Augustine uh, months later so he invites me again to to come so I ended up having a special set of figures, my, my buddy, like I said, my face on a figure, you can have 3D like printing heads put on action figures. It's actually really cool. So I had all four of those guys' heads, you know, Swartzen, Schneider, Spade, and Sandler's heads put on the Kiss Dress to Kill 8-inch action figures. And I, I thought it was very clever at the time. When you, when you do well in, in comedy, they say you killed. So I, I photoshopped the Dress to Kill album cover with all of their heads on there, and it's Dress to Kill and a, a four pack of their figure they of those guys, you know, as Dress to Kill. And David Spade posted it on Instagram, and they absolutely loved it. They loved it. I gave it to them backstage after the show. So it's called My Face on a Figure, right? My, my face on a figure where you guys could have your your own action figures and you can have a four pack and you know you you guys the the all all of you guys because they they you can do wrestling figures or the old mego style bodies it, they, there's a lot of stuff you can do and you can pick out the clothes you want all that it's actually really cool, that is so cool. interesting mark mark Mar mark is sitting here i can put lisa's face on a figure and i can put it in the clothes <laughs> i want <laughs> You can. It is very interesting. I'm looking at it now. Yes, you can pick out the clothes and the, yeah, there's, yeah, you can do all kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, all that's, right. That's awesome. Um, Dale, this has been absolutely fascinating. I mean, I'm with Lisa. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't know nearly everything you were talking about here. Some of it I had heard. Some of it were rumors. Um it's just amazing to get the truth that what was actually going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it was crazy, man. There, there's, there's, there, I mean, I'm not even, I haven't even told you everything and, you know, and I'll probably think about, you know, 50 things when we get off of this, but yeah, that, you know, it was, it was a crazy time. Right. We a had, book. Um, I know right. Every, right. everyone tells me that I, I, and I, <laughs> I just think that I'm too boring that no one would want to read a book about me. So no, between, um, between you'd your be surprised how many people would be interested. Wrestling. Yeah, between <laughs> Kiss fans and wrestling fans, you got wrestling fans and baseball and, and baseball fans too. I mean, that runs a good that runs a good span. Yeah, there. Uh, I've been asked about it so many times. One of the things that kind of pushes the envelope is uh, they're like, "You've got to write this." Is that you know, I've had some cool experiences, just like I was talking about with Nick Swartz and, and you know, Adam Sandler and all, all those guys. It was very cool, you know, talking to Vanilla Ice backstage. But one of the real cool things that I got to do and people like you got to write a book about it 
is that when I was at Northwestern, and I want to say it was like 91, 1990 or 91, um, so A League of Their Own was uh, being filmed, okay? And I ended up, the, the girl that, you know, the no crying in baseball girl, her name is yeah. Biddy Schramm. So I grew up with Biddy and her brother. They lived right around the corner from me growing up. And so she, when we ran into each other, you know, and started talking, she's like, we really need some help on all the baseball stuff. And I was, I was a, a baseball player at Northwestern at the time. And it was, it was uh, during the summer when they were, they were filming this and said, can you come and help us out? And I, I said, yeah, no problem. Where is this going to be? And she, you know, it was IIT's field in, in uh, Illinois, right? I mean, blocks away from uh, where the White Sox play. And it was kind of crazy. So I show up to help these girls uh, with all of, all of the, the baseball stuff. And there were no bodyguards, no nothing. Nobody even knew that Madonna was there, Gina Davis. Nobody stopped and even looked at, at anybody. And so I started helping Gina Davis with her hitting. And after doing that, I, I started helping Madonna. And so I taught Madonna how to slide. We worked on her hitting. This, this was one of the hardest working people. They were like, they talk about like kind of guys like DDP and Macho Man about how intense they are. Madonna was one of the hardest working people I've ever been around. On every single break, any day off, anything, she, she and I would go to a field in Lincoln Park uh, in, in Chicago all by ourselves to work on her baseball skills. And so I ended up getting a chance to, to work with, with, you know, Tom Hanks and, you know, all these guys. So it was, that was a crazy time. So that's what people like, you've got to put, you know, a book together. And I'm yes. just like, ah, I don't yeah, know. That's fascinating. That's one of my favorite films. So there you go. Yeah, you know that, that was that was a really cool time, and you know I've, I I actually the Megan Cavanaugh who uh, played Marla Hooch, yeah I I ran into her in Charlotte last year, and I showed her some pictures from there, and she freaked out because she got you know they didn't know who I was they you know I was just some guy that was helping, and yeah. she goes I was just talking about you I go she goes I did not know who you were. And I don't, you know, who this guy was that helped us. I guess they're doing a League of Their Own Netflix series or something. Um, oh, and I she think goes, I heard I, that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it was, I'm not, there's no trade secrets or anything. I'm not spilling the beans. I, I read it somewhere later too. But she was saying to me, she goes, the, the producers just asked me the other day, who was it that helped the the all the women with all the baseball scenes. And she goes, there was this one guy and it, and there was some, some other guy. I don't know who he was. And she, and there I was, and I, she, she just was blown away. That's a great story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that really is. Madonna was very cool. She was awesome. She, I'm like I said, she was very cool. Um, and she, she was the hardest worker. I, I was I was really impressed at how she really really wanted to get good uh, for the movie. That's awesome! That's yeah, yeah, definitely write a book. I, I think you've got enough stories <laughs> in different areas um, that are very cool. Um, Dale, before we wrap, do you have anything you want to plug, promote, anywhere you want to send no. send listeners to? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, I, ho I hope that everyone enjoyed it. And, you know, I appreciate you guys taking the time. I, I know we tried to do this before, but, you know, I'm glad that we were finally able to get this done. And I just, I honestly just hope the last thing is really that everyone stays safe and to, to thank, you know, all those, everyone out there, you know, um, that that's on the front lines doing this for us. So, you know, I, I had made a post on Facebook about, you know, Ron Buckley and Donna and, you know, Phil Dealey and all these guys that are, are out there doing this on a daily basis that are, whether they're, you know, public transit, nurses, doctors, police officers, the truck drivers, you know, um, you know, everybody that that's out there doing all this, you know, we thank you. Uh, you know, I, I know we all are appreciative, you know, the, the people working at the grocery stores that are, are facing this every single day, you know, I'm, I'm hoping obviously baseball comes back soon, but I'm just really hoping that everybody on the front lines, man, we are, are going to stay safe and then just let them know that, that we are very appreciative of everything they're doing. Well said. Very well said. Very well. Um, Dale, thank you once again. Thank you so much for sitting down and, and filling in that little chapter of history. Absolutely, man. Thank you guys for for uh, being here and listening to it. Hopefully it wasn't too boring. Oh, not it's at fantastic. all. I, I love it. <laughs> Your stories are wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. We'll right. do it again. I'll, I'll, I'll think of some more, uh, you know, over from all over the years, and we'll do it again. That'd you, be great. you got it. We'll hold love you to it. that. All right, Dale. Take care, man. So, so I, I love that. I mean, as I said, I grew up a huge wrestling fan and a huge Kiss fan, and this is like – both those worlds colliding and it was very cool to hear all of the the behind the scenes politics that went on yeah just bound, what in, I thought was really cool. bound and determined just to destroy this character they just didn't want it to succeed i i it was funny i really enjoyed him as a guest i really enjoyed his stories but i i did, Full disclosure, because I've been so open about it on whenever I've been asked about it. This was right up there with Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park with me. I loathed it. I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. When that thing, when that, I, that really, especially with the way the farewell tour was going at the time and stuff, I was just like, this is horrible. But with a caveat, I want to, it's funny that I want to kind of piggyback on something that Lisa talked about. I met him a few times. We're never friends. I mean, I don't, he wouldn't know me from Adam, but always so nice. And the yeah. fans loved him at the Expos. And I've heard everyone from Keith LaRue on down just say what a great, great, great human being he is. So it was really nice having him on the show. He truly and is. When I first but, met him. But again, but to, to be fair, and, and it was nice to hear Dale talk about it. That's a come I just kind of quiet. I was like, he, he, he was, or I was one of the fans that I did not like that move at all. For the, for the kiss, just for kiss in general. I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, uh, whatever. We didn't have uh, like, like this forum that we have now. But whenever anybody's asked me about it, I, I always say, you know, that. That's the, the whole the reason I'm saying this is because I've met so many Kiss fans, you know, on the cruises and at expos and stuff. I, I don't want anyone to go, hold on, you always said you didn't like that. Well, 
yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, though. He's on the show. He had incredible stories. But, yeah, I you know, I'm just keeping it real, as they said. I, I didn't enjoy it. I mean, the, the whole thing when it happened. When was that, Mike? 99? 99, yeah. Yeah. And I remember, too, staying up. I, I think, I, yeah, I did. I, I recorded that from the MGM. It was as the credits were rolling. Yeah, that, that's as he was describing. It, they introduced it at the end of the show at like 11 o'clock at night, which was just and like, I remember nobody's the watching. I remember God of Thunder was like super plotting. I, and, I, and I just remember just being just, I'm like, this is so dumb. This is the antithesis of everything you know, I, I just didn't like it. But you're, you you ne- you didn't grow up as a wrestling fan either, did you? No, 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 I did. But see, I liked the stuff. Pomper Brian has two cents he has to put in. Go ahead, Brian. Say no. your two cents. Now, Mark, I agree with you. I, I remember when that happened. I was the same way. because I'm a, get in the frame. I'm not, I don't have to get in the frame. I can see Brian. He's good. Okay. Right. Brian, look at Lisa. She's being good. Um, oh. <laughs> don't trip over my head. Uh, I remember thinking the same thing. I was like, I was a big wrestling fan. And a big music fan, but I was like, you know, I just I like my music and I like my wrestling, but mixing them, um, Brian, and it's Jake. Yeah, but it's two soundboard shows. What um, and, and just like that, it's an Ozzy Osbourne podcast. Exactly. <laughs> See, we just switched the gears. Um, what, what show was that? A two from. Two from Japan. One of them, Don Airy, doesn't. They just do it as a four-piece. And Jake plays the Mr. Crowley on the guitar, the intro on the yeah, guitar. Yeah, I, 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 I can't wait to dig in. I, I've <laughs> listened to this show online. I, I just broke down and got a pressed version. Yeah, that's that's uh, that was interesting. They played without the keyboard player, so Jake played the intro to Mr. Crowley on the guitar. Only you and Mark would so. know that. Because um, it matters because they did Center to the Universe, or, or Center to Eternity, which wasn't played all that often. <laughs> yeah. Mike. I think they played that one. <laughs> <laughs> they played that one. The, the, the road crew dressed as monks and they walked across the stage. So they did play that on the Bark at the Moon tour most of the time. But anyway, back to wrestling. I remember thinking of that too. And at the time, I wasn't really that. Well, you were you were really into wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I used to, my, my roommate used to really yeah, watch I mean, it. He used, you... to, he used to work out at. Uh, what was that? Jim and, and Marietta were all the WCW guys because they were based here in Atlanta. He used to see them all at the gym all the time. And I was good friends with Rich Ward, who plays with Fozzie. And um, but I remember thinking when they did their wrestling thing, um, you remember that when they they had that wrestling video, uh, Stuck Mojo. I'm sorry, it, was, it, was, it wasn't. It was I before. was so out of wrestling at by that point. I didn't, you know, well, when Stuck- I was a kid, you know, I liked. Uh, the 70s classics but in 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 the early 80s though maybe even through the mid 80s i liked uh i liked like the four horsemen rick flair and all yeah that stuff was great but right after that mike when was the when was the big wrestlemania here in detroit because at the time it broke indoor um it was 87 yeah that was that was wrestlemania 3 i think that had the record at the Silverdome, Silverdome, and they packed like you know they said you know because yeah. that place held ninety, but they said they they packed a hundred thousand people, and so yeah. at the time I think it broke the indoor record. I remember watching those. Andre, Andre Giant was like crippled, pretty much. Like he could barely move. But but that was right. That was right. Like 
that was when I was done with wrestling. But I mean, it was fun. I mean, put it this way, though, too, in the early 2000s, because my son liked it briefly, and I took him to like a couple of matches, but then he outgrew it. That's when he started really getting into sports. But when he was a little, little kid, he, he liked it. But I didn't pay attention to any of the names or any of that sort of thing. So anyway. So are you guys done? Can we go back to a KISS podcast? Look, this is real fucking discussion. This I'm is the good Chris stuff. Holmes, this fucking quarantine thing. I'm drinking straight vodka like Chris Holmes. I'm, <laughs> I'm oh, don't you know how you like this? I become like a, <laughs> That's I'm, us. I'm like a, I'm like a sandwich maker, a math teacher, um, a language arts teacher, the social studies teacher. I got to do my real job. This this morning <laughs> at, I I kid you not. This morning at about eh, it must have been about 10 a.m. I was done with Thule's morning school Zoom meeting. And Katrina walks by, and she goes, boy, you're really drinking a lot these days, aren't you? I go, why? Because you see two two bottles lined up right next to me on the chair here? I had I had a Bloody Mary with a margarita chaser waiting behind it. Nice. See, that's what we've come to. That's what we've come to. See? Drinking at 10 a.m. That's what it's come to. Remember? Where is it? It's right there. I put That's it right us. Back the We're ready to. But, but yeah. Dale Torborg has got some great stories. I, I met him at that one expo, and was a, you were like seven months pregnant with her. Oh yeah, that was the first time you met him. Orlando. Yeah, in Orlando. But his Why dad. Open it like this? Are you guys familiar with his dad? Oh yeah. And what he's done. Yep. I mean, he's I mean, famous he's a, baseball coach. Yeah, big, big time. Yeah, Dale was probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. But like that first time I ever met him, I really, honest to God thought he was going to kill me. He was so big with all of this stuff, and he just had these red contacts, and he just come walk, like walking over to me. I'm like, oh, he's going to kill me. It's funny because he lives by my mom, and he's really his wife's really good friends with my old guitar teacher, who's like one of my biggest mentors as far as music goes, and, and a great person. I really look up this guy, Jerry Hemby, but him and Dale's wife are very close. They, they ride horses together. Uh, just a small See, world. Small my, world. Another guy that I was buddies with for thirty years makes, I think, makes some of his costumes or made some of his costumes when he was. Really? Doing why that. Yeah, you, that's what I said. I said Barry makes. Why didn't you say any of that when we were on the call? I want to chime in. Oh, that's kind of. He an lives in Volusia story. County, and speaking of baseball, my senior year of high school. Not to brag, thirty-one years later, but I had the highest batting average in Flagler, Volusia County, is my senior year. And you played so, against Chipper Jones. It's like married with children now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 45 I scored that one <laughs> touchdown senior year you know it actually that you mentioned that it's really kind of heading that way yeah pretty <laughs> much back in 82 i could throw a pigskin a quarter mile <laughs> <laughs> if the coach would only put me in i love uncle rico God, um all right, so home, 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 homework. I think uh, I think the obvious homework question is, have you ever met Dale at many of the various events he's attended or even met him at, at a ballpark somewhere because he's constantly on the road? Um, what was he like? Or have you ever seen him wrestle? Yeah, did you see him wrestle? Whether it was as MVP or whether it was as the Demon, because he's, he's wrestled for quite a few years. Um, yeah, did you see him wrestle? Have you ever met him? What'd you think? And and ultimately, what was your opinion of the demon wrestler? We heard Mark's opinion, but pff, who cares? 
I mean, and again, if what you say about the demon wrestler does not reflect how you think of Dale, it's just right. Dale right. is I mean? so. He's a four-star general. The guy's the best. And that's what I was trying to say. He was always so great with the kids and the families and everything. That's how come it, it, my natural instinct, you know, I didn't like what Kiss was doing. That has zero reflection on our guest, who's a phenomenal human being. And I've seen it in action. I mean, I've seen him at enough Kiss Expos and how Gaga, the kids and families go over him, go over the, the guy. He's a great guy. Again, that's how come I, I wanted full disclosure on mine, because whenever the subject has come up, I've always said, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of it. So I didn't want anyone going, oh, you, you brought this guy you know, along and you, you never liked the character. That's not what happened. So, and again, the stories, the behind the scenes stuff was. Yeah. And like, I, Mike, I like the fact that you equated it to music because that's very similar to the Joe Perry project. If you remember what happened to his that record started to sell and Columbia wanted them back on fucking back in Aerosmith. Yep. So they just refused the fucking press copies. And Joe, it's getting all this airplay, you know, in the Midwest and he's going to do in stores and there's no, the records aren't even in the store. He's like, we're getting massive airplay. We're selling out small clubs and the record company wouldn't even fucking get put the records in the fucking records. There's been so many stories of it, countless bands that that's happened, or uh, like I said, the A and R rep or the label president gets fired, and the new staff comes in, and nobody cares about the existing talent. And boy, as he was talking about the WCW, that sure sounded like what I was hearing is like. They just didn't care. It didn't matter how many great ideas and how many people were showing up. They wanted this dead because it was somebody else's deal. It was somebody else's character. And we aren't going to make them successful. That was crazy. That, that, I, I was completely taken aback by that. I had no idea at all that all that happened. How crazy it that, you know, to cut, cut what are they, what's the old saying? You cut your nose off and spite your face. Spite your I mean, face, that, yep. That's crazy, that whole mentality. But, you know... And and Dick was, was so passionate about it, too. You can really tell that he really wanted to make this something and go something. And it was, he was very frustrated at the fact that he was being shut down every time he, yep. he presented something, you know? But, you know, as, as, a, as a wrestling fan at that time, I was watching WCW, they were, they were pretty much already in the shitter, so to speak. By, by the time the Demon even started, I mean, they had... They had rappers on there. They had David Arquette on there as a world champion wrestler. I mean, they were grasping. What? Dennis Rodman. They had Dennis Rodman. You know, so. See, it, I, by then, I, I, I had Yeah, totally it, it, it had gotten so stupid. Not that wrestling is supposed to be intelligent, but they had taken it to a level of it was just so stupid and sitting back watching, you're like, Boy, they're just grasping for straws so they can save their butts because now they were getting beat in the ratings and and you know they were losing money and you know what's was, wrestling doing now? Is it is it still big? Because I pay it's, zero. It's attention to, to it. there's no crowds. I think we have some. I don't know what something happened. I'm obviously not with the corona, but before no, no, is, no, it, but, is it still big? W so. yeah yeah it, it still is WWE I think has a couple yeah. um shows uh, every week on TV and 
has their shows I don't touring. Even know what those, you know, because WWF is like the last thing I remember. WWE yeah, is what is, is, is still around. Well, the WWF became the WWE because the World Wildlife Federation, also known as the WWF, sued. So the wrestling organization had to change their name. So what's WWE? World Wrestling? World Worldwide Wrestling Entertainment? Something like that. World oh. Wrestling Entertainment? World Wrestling Entertainment, maybe. Yeah. And what's isn't it WCW too, right? WCW is gone. The okay. WW the WWF bought the WCW and then just buried it. I just remember the the WWF with Hulk Hogan and Roddy Roddy Piper. That's the last well, thing. I like I said, I, I that was right when I checked out. That was uh, I, don't get me wrong. That was that was loads of fun. The Roddy Piper and all that stuff, but that was that was right when you know I, I was done with it. When I when I was a kid, that was a big deal. You know, my my father liked this stuff. My grandmother loved it. You know, yeah. that was that was good fun stuff. So yeah, I. But then again, like I said, when when I watched it when I was a kid, it was Haystack Calhoun and the Sheik and you know Bobo Brazil and God, who were some of those. Uh, Dick the Bruiser, and yeah. you know those were the, the those crusher. were the guys that, yeah, the Crusher, yeah, well, that was the stuff that I liked when I was a kid. But by the time you know I I got into my teenage years, you know it was all music all the time, and then, you know whatever mid eighties when you know the WWF really got big, it was just it was such a part of the culture. I think I paid attention to it. So and plus the interviews were funny, and I I really liked. But I liked what was the one was it NWA? That yeah. was the one I liked. Yeah, that had uh, um, see because that whole Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen and all that stuff that wasn't big, like like the WWF big here. That would play like you know like Cobo Hall. And we, my friends and I, would go down there and uh, and watch those. But it was just something. It was a goof. It was something fun to do. You know what I mean? I I wasn't like all into it, following the matches and stuff. But it was it was fun. I mean, we had a good time. You know, um, I, I I think I think wrestling really lost it. Wrestling is sort of like Kiss. Back in the fifties, sixties, seventies, even through part of the eighties. There was still the mystique because they didn't show you backstage. They played it up like it was real. When they took the makeup off and said, hey, these are predetermined matches and we're this guy's writing the storyline, it was like Kiss taking the makeup off, the mystique. Do they show that now? Oh, it's... They tell you that now? Yes, it's, it's, all, it's all out there now. That you know, oh, this is oh, the guy wow. who's writing the show. This is the guy who's booking the matches. These are the executives, Eric Bischoff's, the Vince Russo's. You know, it was like the mystique was removed from wrestling. You know, as a kid growing up, I wanted to always believe that wrestler A truly hated wrestler B. Yeah, that's well, what I, I, was I read yeah. Flair's book, and he said they used to have to drive Separate 20, 30 vehicles. miles outside of town. Yeah, to go have a drink together, yeah. get dinner together, because, you know, they'd see people from the, from the little, this is when he was starting out, you know, they were just playing basically high schools and stuff, and he said, some of those people took it so serious. Now, keep in yeah. mind, this is 
network TV and, and all that stuff. So, you know, that, but that's a fascinating book. Rick Flair's book was really, really good. Um, yeah. But he was my fave when I was, uh, you know, uh, it was at probably early to mid 80s. Again, my friends and I, we, we, we liked that sort of thing. It was it was silly. It was fun. And, and it's funny now, I'm sure. I, I know you guys do, or at least have looked. The interviews that that guy did were just oh, sidestepingly yeah. funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was that was Mean Gene, wasn't it? That was, he, he did those interviews, right? Mean, mean did Gene. Did eventually go to WWF, I think? Because wasn't yeah. he start off at, Mean Gene started in the AWA up in Minneapolis, and then he went to the WWF in the 80s, and then he ended up at the WCW through all of this. Well, but I remember him doing Flair interviews, I think. Well, but but Flair was part of the WCW. And and, uh, again, and, and, and actually, I, Flair, I Flair started, he was trained up in Minnesota as the— for the AWA, that's where he got his very first start. Was in Minneapolis, the back in I'm at least the early '70s, maybe earlier than that. I don't know the history, um, but yeah, I mean, Flair was Flair was AWA, NWA, WCW, and then when the WCW disappeared, he went over and became for a short period of time WWF. Good we must have bored Tommy because he's just left us completely. Oh, I'm listening. <laughs> You're supposed to participate. What are you hangry, Tommy? To say. Put it all in. No, I am. So let's. So 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 you got you guys know your homework. Let's talk about the demon, the wrestler, Dale, um, and. Just a quick reminder, if you're listening to us on Spotify, hit the follow button. If you're on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. And on iTunes, leave a review and a rating. And we do have, we've got guests lined up through almost the end of May now. It's really coming together. Can, People you, you, bored. Oh, can, can, you, can you get this show if you're in jail? Who's asking? I don't know. <laughs> Just <laughs> got it. Just see it a little slow today. Oh, uh, all right, guys. You you know you know what you know what to do. Leave your homework. Show us some love, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks. Download your free free copy of the KISS School of Marketing. 11 Lessons I Learned Working with KISS. The number one downloaded business book on Noise Trade. Go to books.noisetrade.com slash Michael Brandvold. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. So you love the show. 
go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.